0: Welcome to Parenting That Kid. My name is Ashley Tolliver. As a mom of twins, one being a highly sensitive child who responds to the world in a non-traditional and sometimes challenging way, I understand the desire to find the golden answer. Maybe there is no golden answer, but there are resources, tips, and tricks we can all use to help us make this uniquely normal parenting journey a little more fun. This podcast is a roadmap to Parenting That Kid for myself and other parents. If recording my journey as I seek a clear starting point, community, and effort to normalize what sometimes feels abnormal supports at least one parent, then my time is not wasted. And hey, if it doesn't, well, there's documented proof that moms deserve a glass of wine. Cheers! Help them move from abstract thinking to concrete thinking. Figure out what works for them and what environment is best for them. These are just two tips from today's episode that I'm tossing your way. Don't click off because trust me, you're going to want to gather the rest of the tips. Today's guest is Kelly Biltz from Loving Gratitude. Kelly wants parents to get back to enjoying the years with their teenagers because this time is short. Kelly is an ADHD coach specifically for teenagers working alongside the teenager. She wants teenagers to learn how to make good decisions and not rely on their parents for thinking for them. Kelly takes the parental role in helping the kids to organize and work through the complexity of their life. Kelly works with her teenagers to help them deal with teachers and bosses. Hello, life lessons. And eventually with a goal of having the team work independently from the school and from Kelly's help. Kelly understands the teenage brain. I know, that's something most of us will never be able to wrap our head around. And I'm pretty sure once you listen to the numerous tips that Kelly throws out at me, you might feel like you're beginning to create a roadmap for the teenage brain. Okay, I'm not gonna say any more because truly, this is an episode that every parent, whether you are on the teenage path or you're about to jump in it, needs to listen to. Enjoy today's episode of Parenting That Kid. Hey, if you like what you hear, go ahead and jump on parentingthatkid.com and subscribe to my monthly newsletter. Get these episodes sent directly to you because no mom has time to get sucked into the world wide web searching for answers. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. We are just gonna get right to it. And I want a tip from you because I think, as I said just recently, that this is like a hook and bait. People go, oh, I need to know more. And as a mom, I always need to know more. I, I feel like I do at least cause I'm never gonna be perfect at it. But the more I know the better chance I get to be perfect at it. And so <laughs> my
1: question to you is how do you help parents stop repeating themselves? <laughs> I know we can all relate to that. And I'm, t- and le- I'm just prefacing this question. That just because you have teenagers who are well aware of what you're saying doesn't mean you're not repeating yourselves when they're teenagers. Okay. Your goal your goal is to lessen the repeating, right? Right,
0: right, right. But much
1: of it has to do with not having their attention. That's my first, there's sort of a three step to this. Not having their attention. Meaning we're either, and I know y'all can't see me, but we're talking to the top of their head because they are looking down on their phone, right? Or we're reminding them, hey, the trash needs to be taken out when they're walking away from us as they're going up to their rooms or they're involved in a video game or they're doing Legos, right? They, We don't have their attention, right? We don't have their attention. Right. So one of the things I always say is eyes on me, right? I wanna see you either come to the top of the stairs, come to the bottom of the stairs, or <laughs> eyes on me. Like I'm looking at Ashley as I'm saying that, pointing <laughs> yeah. to one another. I'm like, eyes on me, girl, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's a big part of it because we're not, They'll be like, okay, fine, everything's fine. And then, you know, they're not falling through. And then an hour later, did you do this? Did you do that? Is this done? Is that done? And it just, gets they get tired of us. We get tired of them, right? Not falling through and us repeating. And then the other thing, the second step in that is I need to talk to you. Like I have something I want to talk about or something I want to address or something that needs to be done. You can fill in the blank. When, third point, when would be a good time to discuss it? Hmm. By asking them that, you're getting their buy-in and their control of when they own their time and when they can come back and give you that focus.
0: Ooh, I like that. And that puts it into their court as well. And I feel like it probably gives some ownership to it. This is now yours and, and we're and mine still, but we have to work on this together. That is so good.
1: Right. So you want their ownership in it. And a lot of it is giving them that control of when they know when they're ready to come back and really focus on that. So get their attention, let them know you have something to talk about. When do you wanna chat about it? When's a good time?
0: That's a perfect, that is, <laughs> that's a key. And I don't think that starts in teenage years, right? This is something we can start
1: doing now with exactly. a little kids.
0: Hopefully- exactly, and the little ones you
1: hit, I'm assuming that if you don't have a tool, you will need it, but you have a little timer and they'll say, I wanna to talk to you in 10 minutes. Great, set your timer, go and come back, right? That's, that, that's like the process because you want them to be responsible of their time and be accountable. Right. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. Okay. That's a great tip. And I'm going to need more later on
0: because <laughs> I'm trying to perfect parenting here. Um, but let's back up a little bit about a little bit. I want to learn about you, what you do and really what you do for teenagers. I'll be honest. I obviously am not there. My kids are little, but when I read your, um, well, I, I did follow your Instagram and then I found your website. I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to have tools now before they hit teenage years. But if I don't, what do you do? Like, how do I, how do I need you in my life when they're teenagers? <laughs> Children with ADHD terrify me because I'm a mom to them. I'm like, I'm going to get this really good at this. But as teenagers, that's even a whole nother game that I can't even visualize right now.
1: Right. So I liken it to that. Here's the deal. So in elementary grade school, we're their frontal lobe. I think you and I shared this when we first spoke. You know, we keep them. We sort of tell them the schedule. We tell them we keep them safe. We tell them when dinner is right. We're their frontal lobe. We're teaching them. Um, the schedules, we're teaching them how to be safe, what have you. We think for them. We too. Like we think a lot for them. All right, let's be real. That's why I'm telling you. Like middle and high school, we're slowly leaving out the reins. It's about creating their systems, creating their routines, helping them understand really what works for them and helping them with their confidence and their self-esteem to be independent. Thinkers to be independent and responsible, young, cool people around our house. So what I do from the ADHD perspective is in middle and high school, the executive function really comes into play. When you think about the executive function, it's our frontal lobe, it takes up 41% of our brain. So if our, almost half of our brain is not working properly, you think about task, focus, planning, execution, right? Time management, prioritizing, What all happens in middle school is all of a sudden they're in environments in school where they have to manage four or five, six, seven different teachers, their learning styles, their homework, where to find it, how to turn it in, all their organization. And it doesn't take long to get behind and they can feel exceptionally overwhelmed, which is when when schoolwork isn't turned in and assignments are missing and grades start really dropping. So in the teenage years, We allow them to tap into their executive functioning. We're no longer thinking for them. We have to walk beside them, right? So what I do as an ADHD coach is I work with a lot of teenagers where they're exhausted of having their parents think for them. Their parents are tired of basically, in all honesty, like the teens are not listening to their parents. Um, And that's where I come in because I'm like, I want you to enjoy these final years. Let me work with them. You get back your relationship. I'll keep them on task. I'll figure out what works for them. I'll help them with social skills. I'll help the dynamics and keep the calm. And parents, here's what I want you to do, and here's what I don't want you to do. So it's really helping them build their skill set, build their independence. And some some teens take a little bit longer. Some are like, "Yeah, I'm all over that. I want to get out of this place. What I need to do, right?" A lot of it is really understanding the ADHD element and just preparing them really to fly the coop if I may.
0: Yeah, wow. So you said this starts in high school for your teenagers. Is this a long-term commitment that they have with you? Do you see somebody freshman year and then you're going into their sophomore, junior, senior? How does that work um, as this relationship builds with you guys?
1: That's a good question. So I work, so the, the logistics of the program is, let me just back up. And it, when I first started my business, I had different packages, and I would have teams that were like working with me for three months and would take a month off and then would come back for three months. I'm like, I'm basically working with them the, the entire school year. So I created a program that I work with them the entire school year. It's a 10 month program. Now, if your team just doesn't need that long, obviously I'm flexible. But how that plays out is you can join me at any given point. Um, I have juniors in there that are ready to take exams, the SATs, all that good stuff. I have seniors in my program. I have sophomores. Um, I do have a couple eighth graders. I, most of my business is our high schoolers. So I'll take very mature eighth graders <laughs> if I may. But majority of my business is, is high schoolers. And it really depends on where they are and the stress level and the frustration level and how, how I tend to get the ones that are sort of in crisis mode. Yeah, well, of course, because they're desperate at that moment, right? Absolutely. Whenever ready, you don't look
0: for help, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> <They can laughs> fall down apart, you're like, ah. Okay, so then do you um, work with their school too? Is this something that it's in, in partnership with or are you just working with them at home? And I say at home, meaning that they're not attached to any kind of um, educational component to it and then you're just there as a support system. How does that look when their whole life comes together?
1: So that's a great question. A lot of my teenagers have are working with IEP counselors at school. They have tutors at school. They may have counselors at school. Uh, They also have, I think I said tutors, they have psychologists and they meet with me weekly. I help the parents sort of figure out if there's something else that they need from an IEP or 504 based on what they have or something that's really not working that we just completely bang our head against the wall every week. And then we go back and we figure out what they have. And I help the parents, you know, advocate more for the teen and say they need paper trail, not an, you know not an electronic trail if I may. Um, So I don't, I can work with the school. I prefer, my goal is to have the teenager advocate and email the teachers. And that's because that creates responsibility, right? The goal is for them to start getting really comfortable with saying, I'm behind, I don't know what's coming up, I need help, how you know, whatever that conversation is. So while I'm available, my goal is to honestly help them get more comfortable because I I don't have it's hard because it's virtual right and so a lot of these a lot of my students have been on a virtual platform and so some of our being stuck is not knowing where the teachers are and not hearing back from teachers and I'm like the only way you're going to find out is how how I'm like putting my little hand up to my ear how are you going to find out what are your options and they're like email or ask or something like that or hold my hand up, you know, right? And I'm like, yeah, you're gonna have to do that because if not, this is what how that's gonna play out, right? And you work too hard and we need answers and we're just stalling and stalling and stalling and we need answers from your teachers. So my goal is to not get too involved in the school but work like my little magic from the back and have them really get more comfortable and confident on that end.
0: I like that idea. Well that just home Accountability to yourself as you're guiding these teenagers into the college years, which there's nobody there guiding, you know, holding your hand at that point. The counselors are not the same type of counselors that you see in high school. So knowing how
1: to do that is such an adult thing. Exactly. They have to learn that because they will be needing help. They will have to talk to their professors. Every, Every student, neurotypical, neurodiverse, will be talking to their professors, will be emailing their professors. So they've got to get uncomfortable comfortable with getting uncomfortable and just doing. It.
0: Absolutely. Well, yeah. oh, that's a life lesson in general. Get exactly. is goals, on. get them there really quick.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Right. Okay, so then this is a little bit of a switch, but I noticed with my children and I've spoken with other people who have teenagers who are have ADHD, there's so much emotion behind ADHD, right? There's 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 frustration and then when they're little of course there's these huge extreme outbursts and there's mountain that we're constantly climbing and then all this yes Do you work with that side of that do you see that a lot in teenage years or at that point are they like whatever I've gotten over that I'm moving on how does that look when it comes to the rest of Life well, and
1: and full disclosure in my home, we've got hormonal, (laughs)
0: right? Okay, then you add that on top. That's true. That's a whole nother right,
1: like that's the other part of it. It's like, so you have you having all adolescent, like hormonal rages, mood up and down, and my hands are going up and down and up and down. Oh my gosh, so the so I see it played out through the parents' eyes, if I may, yeah. Um. So what happens in high school is there's a lot of frustration, right? Like I I did a live in my Facebook group today. And one of the things I shared was that the ADHD brain does not function on weakness when it's in a weakened state, meaning when it's full of anxiety, when it's full of overwhelmed, when it's stressed, right? Right. And let's face it, our teens are all three. (laughs) At some state, they are, and I, I'm making light of it, but I don't mean to make light of it. But that's the state in which we're living in right now, right? So our teens have a lot of anxiety, even even outside of COVID. Okay, like there's just so much. I would not want to be a teenager in today's world because it's so different and it's so pressure packed, right?
0: So there's a lot
1: of so when the brain doesn't doesn't function well in a in a weakened state, it manifests itself as anger, is shutting down as defiance, Mm -hmm. right? As non-performing, as I'm okay, I've got this, everything's fine, I know what I'm doing, I don't know, I don't want your help, right? And then they just continue to get lower and lower into this rabbit hole and they find themselves in, you know, uh, basically a ditch where they are so far down because of they've been in a weakened state of anxiety because of the challenges of ADHD And they are not sure how to start getting themselves dug out because 10 assignments is like climbing Mount Everest. It is. And um, so that's how that plays out on top and additional, in addition to the hormones.
0: Oh my gosh. So so, so then you're having to try to help help them learn how to balance that, I would guess. I am. I mean, I get the
1: good part of them. I'm not going to lie. Like they're really cool with me, but what (laughs) I hear, I mean, I, you know, like a third person, I'm like a rock star with some of these. I mean, I don't mean that, but you know, like my teens would react a lot differently. It's just just nature, right? It's human nature, where we tend to be, I always say to my boys, I'm like, okay, you might like put your feet up like that, but if you went to your friend's house, would you do that in there, right? So like, oh no, I wouldn't, so, right? So my teens do not, like, I have an excellent rapport with them. But when I have part of my programs, I meet with the parents monthly, And so I know what's going on in the back end of that, right? And, and so I help in that situation and coach into that, especially if I know specifics. And so there is, there is relationship things happening in coaching is, you know, because I want the parents to enjoy these years because they're limited and, and it's, it's very pivotal. You could, you could sort of lose your teenager over arguing all the time about, um, about academic, excuse me. I mean, you can, and it's happening. Whereas a year ago, it wasn't. And and it's just, I mean, that's sort of the the fragility of it, if I may.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So you talked about the program, you talked to parents. Can you go into a little bit more detail? What does this look like these 10 months? Is this a weekly, a bi-weekly? Are parents there with you or on the Zoom, I guess, because it's virtual? How does it all look?
1: Yeah, them? so there's two levels of my program. You can meet with me weekly for 30 minutes. And um, that's so that's basically a month of private one-on-ones with me every week for 30 minutes. No more than 30. (laughs) more, (laughs) We get a ton done in 30 minutes, believe it or not. So that's the higher level of my program. And I also have group coaching twice a month on the first and third Sundays. So that's in addition to the private coaching one-on-one. So that's the higher level. So weekly one-on-one plus group coaching. The next tier down is I meet, I meet twice a month or every other, excuse me, yeah, or every other week, one-on-one and then group coaching. So it's four, four touches versus six, if I may. So two one on ones and two group coaching. And then I meet with the excuse me, I meet with the parents on Zoom every month if they choose. Like there are a couple of parents that I have not talked to in the beginning and they said, you've got it, unless, unless oh. you hear from us, we're good to go.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really trusting. That's, and that's I
1: respect that. I mean, I love talking to the parents, but I, I also recognize, and I, and I have a lot of respect for parents that recognize, listen, it's not happening and my team just needs to work with someone else. And I don't want to micromanage that part because I'm also, you know, while we get a lot of work done with education, I also recognize that it, there are some sessions that I just need to listen to them not about their education, not about how far behind, like I'm that consistent, safe place to just talk at times. And sometimes these teenagers just need that, just need that unbiased, if I may, a uh, person that is just going to listen and pour into them. And so, yeah, so that, like that. as well.
0: I like that. And then having the parents step back and I feel those teenagers probably feel more confident coming to you knowing that their parents aren't just micromanaging over and.
1: Right. right. And it's not that the ones that are, are meeting with me monthly, cause I really need that because I want to make sure that I'm on point. Right. And I also want to make sure um, that there, I think, you know, the parents that I meet with monthly, we we're like, okay, what's going on? Let's collaborate. This isn't working. I'm a really good communicator. So there's a lot of, a lot of, okay, this isn't working. I need your help with this area because, you know, he or she is struggling with, you know and I need you to step in or it's gonna go down. And and there are still some teens that really still need a lot of support. And so I help the parents in navigating you let that go. I've got this, but I'm gonna pull you back in here. So it is a case by case. But I, I love talking to my parents too like because they're just you know they're they're you know every it's a very stressful year. It's been a very stressful year. Right. So it's Do you a find
0: fun. that you had more teenagers because I mean I just I feel like ADHD is just on fire. And I only say that because I feel like every kid now is struggling, right? They've been plopped in front of a screen for so long, whether they ha- really have ADHD or not, they sure are showing a, a lot of the similar um, signs at home. And now everybody's going, oh, my kid has to have this. Do you feel like you've seen this more
1: throughout this last year? I feel like, yes, and I, it's, it's probably, here, here's, here's the thing. The parents have seen it more. The parents finally realize the struggles in the school Yeah, where they may have said, yeah, I I understand that. Oh, now I see it because everyone's been holed up. So they see how difficult it is, even without distractions, how hard it is for their child or their teenager to focus and Mm -hmm. stay on task. So while they're aware, they have been aware of the ADHD and, and they may have had an idea of how it plays out. Now they get it, now they understand it because they've been firsthand, 24 seven, 365. Right. And there's still a lot of students that are still not going back in school and are still virtual and that's been their life. Mm-hmm. So they understand it more and doesn't make it easier, has made it probably exasperated it by not being able to have accommodations of everyone there, right, and adapting and all the, the sensory areas and the distractions and what have you and trying to figure out the right environment. Envi- environment is like so, so critical for understanding how, you know, those with ADHD work and, and produce and focus. So I think that's the key. I think that's what's really happened this year. Open <laughs> the eyes, open eyes mm. to the challenges of ADHD.
0: Yeah, when you're thrown into it and you're living in on a daily basis, it does open that up. And I mean, that's it's become very evident in our house, <laughs> very yeah. painfully evident in our house this last year. <laughs> and I think you just hit the nail on the head. You said the environment. I wonder, I just try to picture my high school years and then my college years and studying and I learned the environment I needed in order to absorb the information. Do you work with kids? This is, do you help them figure that out? Oh yeah. It's important to know oh. when you go to college.
1: Oh yeah. And that's, and here's, and that's one of the, one of the first things I say, I would say that I do when I, when a team just comes on, because here's, here's what's happening. And here's what I learned a long time ago when my, when my son's were young And I think I shared this with you whenever we first met, it's like, oh, my way is the best way. I know how to organize. I know how to do this. You're going to do it this way. You're going to do it that way. You're going to come home and you're going to your study. You're going to get your snack and bah, 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 bah. you know, and <laughs> lo and behold, like, my teenagers do not have any kind of organizational skills than I do. <laughs> so no wonder it wasn't working, right? <laughs> right? So I had to let go of that. So what I help parents, what I help sort of get, in the, mind, get the parents in the mindset is that we're going to figure out the right environment for your, for your teenager.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and That means that you're going to have to let go of some stuff. You're going to have to be okay with music being played in the background. You're going to have to be okay with things on the desk. It doesn't matter. It's their space, right? You're going to have to get really uncomfortable. Like I have to put blinders on at times when I, well, when we were virtual learning, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's how you like to organize. Okay. I'm going to just go and organize over here. right? <laughs> no, I, like, oh, I can't look at it. I can't look at it. It hurts. Right. Right. But it's, it's, and I think the hardest thing is because, you know, we, as parents, like we're trying to pull every single thing out and giving them options, but we're not asking. And so one of the one of the the sort of the successes that I have with my teenagers is that we figure out and I don't let them stay stuck. So what is going to work? And so if if we implement something one week, something like new, try this, try that, let's see if that will work for you. And then we come back, part of it did, I liked it, I didn't like this, like we're going to keep banging it out until you have a process and a routine that you can create a habit around to keep you accountable and on time and on task and more independent. So I don't just, I like, I sort of beat a dead horse when it comes to that because when they go to college, they're going to say, I need this environment. I don't, I have to find it on campus. I need these tools and I know exactly what I need or else I'm going to go, you know, it's not going to be good for me.
0: Absolutely.
1: that's what um, that's what I very much uncover. I like to call it, I, I uncover the teenagers best practices whenever we work together. And that, that entails a lot of stuff in addition to, in addition to the environment. The environment is huge, 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 huge.
0: Yeah, and I don't think people realize that. I mean, we've had to accommodate our houses for learning, which is not set up <laughs> that way. Oh, um, I know. And we think I... we'll just put you here and it's all good. And then, ah, it's not all good. We had both of my children in the same room at the beginning of this, and that did not work. Oh my right. God,
1: it was, oh, my gosh. oh it was no. awful, it was awful. Everybody was in tears, like,
0: nobody's learning, we're just learning how to blow
1: our nose and cry. So we have, Right, right. Oh. and then you think about um, one of the other things I, I work with my teenagers is figuring out their learning styles so that they know how they're interpreting and processing information, you know? Yeah. And, and that that overlaps into the house. <laughs> If you're verbally telling your child and they're visual, good luck with that, right? No wonder things aren't getting done. The same thing happens with my husband and I. Like, you got to speak one another's language, okay? Like, let's just own it. You got to speak the language or else we are going to be like, E-e-e-e. I'm banging my hand against my forehead. Hey, I know you do that. Oh,
0: that's so true. You do have to. Yeah. And then helping
1: them figure out, okay, so here's how you study for this learning style. Mm -hmm. Here's a set, you know, tips and what have you. And here's how you present yourself in the classroom. And here's what you need. And here's how you advocate and the accommodation. So helping them really understand that. And, you know, it's not, it's not about right or wrong. It's about, okay, this, this teacher is going to be harder because he's auditory and I got nothing like there's no visual happening here. So they have to make the visual. My, my son is very visual and he's, he's had two teachers that are highly just um, lecturers, if I may. Oh, that's, it's hard, you have to learn. So that's the thing like, okay, you got that, you know that. So now how are you, what do you need? Like you know that your notes are gonna be nice and colorful with lots of pictures to support the information. Nice. Right? Those kind of things.
0: Okay. So that's like, that's a tip right there. I was just about to ask, can you share some tips on for teenagers, especially ones right now struggling, but you know, eventually we'll be out of this. We'll all be back at school. So what are some just tips that teenagers could start implementing in their lives? Maybe even their parents could start helping them implement before they even come to you.
1: So figuring out real, I mean, the environment, the environment is huge. I mean, that is when I say that, that means, you know, because once you have the right environment, it's like, when I know that I'm gonna be in my office for the day, like I have my candle lit over there. I've got things i have, like if you know that you're just gonna be dug in on something, right? And like, what is your environment that is going to make you feel very motivated and very peaceful about starting your work, right? So, and that might look differently. It might not be the bedroom. It might be the kitchen. It might be, it might be different places of the home. Like my son is huge sensory. So depending on what's going on, he'll be upside down on the couch. Or he'll be out on the, on the swing, just with all the papers all over. I'm like, okay, that's where the blinders go on. <laughs> right. But it's working for him because he's swinging and he's listening to something and he's, you know, kidding, like he's writing on, on his notebook that's all scrunchy paper and he's writing any he but But that's how he's remembering, that's his environment. So where you do different parts of your studying and your work might need to be in different places. So my tip would be figure that out. And then also the tip, the mindset for the parents would be be okay with it Mm -hmm. and not try and say, why don't you do it this way? Or why don't you be over here? Maybe you have a teenager that needs to be in the hub of your kitchen because the more the merrier, like the more noise, the more the merrier. So, okay. So then supply that child, that teenager with a supply cart so that the table is multifunctional, right? Like figure out how to figure out how to function. So it's not, it's not a mess and you don't have stress. Like I, al- I also believe like in minimizing stress set everyone up with the right tools and the right supplies and the right you know mindset however that needs to look whenever they're working so that it's easy to put away like think one like one move to put things away yeah, make smart. it super easy right so environments huge once you figure that out that's the first step
0: i love that
1: you know so it's a good. big that's a big ticket yeah and then for teens it's just um learning how to break things down and understanding time and that's not really a tip it's just a fact as mm-hmm. far as Understanding time. And we, you and I both know that ADHD in time is like now and not now. And it's really hard to grasp when you're 10 assignments behind, really, how long that is. Because in their mind, it could be two or three hours. And in all reality, it probably isn't. Yeah. Right. But because it's the number 10, right. And it's maybe 15 sheets of work, but maybe they've missed that it. it's every other problem, or maybe it's just three problems here. Mm-hmm. So breaking things down as much as possible and helping anytime like here's an example of how I work with some teenagers who really have a struggle with writing. <laughs> Most of my teens have a struggle with writing because it you know working memory. Yeah. Um, so they have, you know, a five-paragraph paper that's due on Friday and I'm coaching them on Tuesday and they're completely like stressed out. I'm like, okay, five paragraphs. How many sentences are in your paragraph? They're like three or four, I'm like, hmm four sentences. Maybe five, depends. You could have a nice, nice like compound sentence, you know? But your intro paragraph is not very long, right? So breaking it down to like numbers, I do that a lot right? Maybe a paragraph is maybe 10 sentences. Okay. So you're thinking 10 sentences, right? Versus five paragraphs, you know, in their mind, they're thinking that's a five page paper when in all reality, but that's how their mind thinks and understanding how long helping them, helping them make it more concrete versus abstract. I think so many in the ADHD world think very abstract versus factual. I think, you know it's probably gonna take I'm like I want you to make it a fact like I want you to change your mind around I know that I'm getting a D plus in this I know that I have five assignments I think I have this many I'm like you've got to know right so they live in a lot of abstract thinking which I understand but that's also causing them to it's causing them to not be on task and not get things done because they're wondering about things and they don't have clarity on it. Right. If that makes sense. I know that yeah. was sort of around, ra- I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole there, but that, yeah, that, makes, a lot. that
0: makes perfectly good sense. I think that starts at a young age. You go, you go get your socks. That's all I'm asking. I'm not saying get your socks and your shoes and get in the car. <laughs> We're gonna start with breaking it down to the basic, basic step and then working our way up.
1: Yes, yes. And when you break it down, though, would be like, and when your teen is really struggling with motivation, you want them to just take one step, get one step there, and do one thing that they know and that you know they can do, and help get that. Again, it has to do with that dopamine fix, right? That feeling, that reward. And once yeah. they have that little dopamine rush, yeah. right, they're going to be like, "Okay, I got this. I can do one more thing. Okay, that wasn't so bad." Right. But that's how the brain starts getting out of that weakened state by having that dopamine fix and feeling that reward and feeling much more calm down. Right. We talked about. It doesn't, the brain does not function very well in a weakened state. And getting it out of there is helping with the dopamine and getting a reward and a motivation.
0: That's so good. Yeah. Ooh, that dopamine one is good too. Trying to think how I can do that just on a daily basis because I think I'll, I'll be more productive as well. Like, all right, what little reward can I get today? <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, you know, if they're really struggling, like, I mean, one of the things I said to my son, and this is how I, and this is how I'll how like coach is, okay do you want to take the stuff that you're really struggling with? Or do you want to like bang out some of the stuff that you know that you just can get done? Like, and some of the times, like, I think what they're going to answer, like, no, I want to do the hard stuff first. I'm like, okay, okay, we're going to work on the hard stuff. Because they just want to get it up because it's that mountain, they want to clear the mountain, yeah. they want to clear the mountain, they want to scale the mountain, they want to clear that hurdle. And then it can free them to do the things they, you know, the other subjects that they come natural. Mm-hmm. Others just want to get everything else that they're really comfortable in doing, get that done first. So that's one thing that, you know, how you can just ask that question. What's one thing you know that you can do right now that you can take one step forward? Like what would it be?
0: Cool. That's good. How about some resources for, I would say for the teenager, are there resources the teenager can dip into at this point? We've talked about, you know, that parents are stepping back and now it's the teenager taking the role of the responsibility of, of their own self. Are there resources that teenagers can reach into or you
1: would I think I think a lot of them are probably utilizing resources if they're working with me they probably are utilizing a lot of other resources obviously on social media I mean there's a lot of YouTubers that have phenomenal channels that can help that share things um Jessica McCabe is one MCC Jessica McCabe I don't know her Uh, her channel on YouTube but she is phenomenal and she's younger and and very uh she just is very pleasing to the younger crowd if I may but I mean with as much as they're on YouTube and they're they can follow anyone Right. right and I don't know that it's I don't know that it's books per se that work I shouldn't I mean I think books work but getting them to read and or listen versus I mean they, these kids are on Snap, and they're on TikTok, and they're on YouTube. So finding resources online that they can listen to or they can watch, so they feel understood, so they feel um, you know motivated because a lot of the people on here also are providing a lot of resources and a lot of information yeah. and a lot of education and a lot of tips. So I would say that's where they should start looking first and find their person, right? Like she may not speak to Brian, but she may speak to Amanda, right? So that's like you have to find your personality on, on YouTube or on these social media platforms that resonate with you, right? The personalities resonate. They might have these, they might have great content, but if the person's not resonating with them, they're like <laughs> moving on right I mean because it's like I can find another one I can find another I can find you know that's the other thing like holding their attention (laughs)
0: yeah yeah absolutely how about parents then for teenagers because I you know I see a lot of books about little kids and ADHD are there and I I'm a book person I think I'm maybe I am too (laughs) I I mean I like YouTube Facebook all those, but books there's something about holding your book and I absorb it so, do you have
1: any books that you would suggest for parents to read with teenagers maybe Should yeah you know? so hold on there is a um she is a friend of mine and a very dear colleague her name is leslie joselle i'm showing you the book here i'll show it to you she's an academic expert and she um she is she has her own product line of planners and her planners are award-winning she's fabulous but this is I mean, if a teenager can read this, that would really help them. I don't know if a teenager, this is great for parents. It's how to do it now because it's not going away.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. An expert
1: guide to getting stuff done, <laughs> getting stuff done. So power through procrastination, develop smart studying skills, manage time. And she has a lot of, I use I use a bit of her resources. She's she's very well in the academic realm. And um, so yeah, she put this together. There are, I mean, you have the Russell Barclays of the world, you have um Elaine and Diane from Impact Parents. They're Mm -hmm. dear friends of mine as well. Mm -hmm. So there's again, speak to the people that speak to you. There are a ton of resources out there. It's just a matter of some are really heavy with. Um, science, neuro- neurological things and my, like, I can't follow along, I need it, right? Sort of, over, we're going like, yes, over our heads. Um, but others are very, you know, they speak very easy to understand. Um, but there's a ton of, I'm sort of drawing it, but I always recommend Leslie and mm-hmm. uh, the Impact Parents, uh, uh, Diane and Elaine, they, uh, they've got great teen parent programs as well and um, are wonderful people and have been in the business a lot longer than I have. <laughs> yeah. Perfect,
0: well, thank you. Do you have anything else you wanna share that maybe you're going, oh, we need to talk about this?
1: Oh, there's tons, but we don't have enough time.
0: That's a loaded question, actually. Oh, that is, sorry, you're
1: right. So we'll break this up in like 10 episodes. So. No, I'm just kidding. I would just say, you know, as here's a, here's a few tips I'd leave the parents. Yeah, For parenting during adolescence in high school, I think um, it's really important to learn how to collaborate with your teenager, as uncomfortable as that is, right? Don't make it uncomfortable. Your, your responsibility is to create resourceful, resilient, independent young people so that they can make it in the world. And they can, but you need to let go a little bit and let them figure some things out that's my first tip. The second tip would be allow them to vent. And what I mean by that is teenagers need a safe place to vent and don't take the moods and the venting personally, because it is by them being able to do that means that they're comfortable and that is their safe place. They need to vent a ton. And I have learned just to listen. You have to be master listeners at the teenage years, during the teenage years, and not take things so incredibly personally. Like if you take every mood that your teenager is going to have, you will struggle every single day and you will be fighting and you will try and tell them to be somebody they're not. And it will be a battle and you don't want that. So when you have a teenager, as difficult as it is, go out to your car and scream if you need to, but don't let them hear you. You are the safe place. Let them vent and just know when to be quiet and when to listen and when to walk away and not engage. And that will literally, if you use that advice and it's not easy, not easy, but it will reap you rewards in your relationship with your teenager. That's so good. Oh, that's so
0: good.
1: And you're right, it's probably not easy. It's
0: not easy now. It's, it's not,
1: and it's heartbreaking because you, you see this happening and you want to help. Sometimes they don't need, mo- okay, majority of the time, they're not asking for your opinion, they're not. And that's hard because you've been there frontal low for so long, right? So we as parents are also transitioning during those years as well. like we also have to let go we also have to be really confident that we've done everything to give them this platform right yeah yeah, and yeah to, okay. right and to just let them it's go. hard it's very emotional it can be very lonely no lie like it can be lonely yeah. because they're not they're not seeking your opinion too much anymore
0: no oh gosh
1: yeah but that's okay, they're not supposed to yeah. I mean, like,
0: that's they have I'm opinions. Think about the future of them though, because
1: mm-hmm.
0: the other side, you, that's such a rough thing, but the other side is gonna be so rewarding for them,
1: not just for yourself, but for right. them. So, and you yeah. and you also see them evolving into these cool people with their own opinions, right? right? And you're like, oh my goodness. And we, I mean, and our, our sons like don't always, you know, they don't share some of the same opinions and that's okay, then you can open up to amazing conversations. Right? Your goal is to help them be confident in that and, and allow them the place to expand, to experiment, to search, to figure out who they are. And um, some of that may line up with what you believe and some of that may not. And that's the reality of it. And I, that's the reality of it, right? Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Kelly. I thoroughly enjoyed this. It's been a lot of time talking about littles. So I absolutely love the idea of, of the bigger Te- teenagers sound terrifying to me, but this was exciting and <laughs> hopeful. Thank you. It yeah, sounds terrifying, but you're making it sound fun now. Like I, like no, no, no. <laughs> it's
1: not, it's not terrifying. Only if you feel like it's terrifying. Like you just, you're going to learn a lot about yourself when you get, when they get into teenage years, you will you will. It's okay. Like we all do it. It's okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining
1: me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: Thanks for listening today. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. This podcast is for you, the parent of that kid. So go ahead. Tell me what you liked about this episode. Give me some ideas on what you'd like to hear. Maybe you have somebody you'd like me to ask those nitty gritty questions to. I'm ready. Oh, and if you have a friend who is also the parent of that kid, click that share button and empower them with some tools and tips as well. And by the way, imperfect parent, I know parenting that kid is hella hard, but I'm telling you it's worth it. You are rocking this parenting journey.